Good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are. This is uh, Alan from SLTD Wrestling. Uh, you are listening to Fantastic Wrestle Corner, uh, one of our affiliate podcasts run by me. And as always, I am joined by uh, my colleague, uh, Mike Charlotte from uh, SLTD as well. Um, normally, we were just planning to have a quiet Saturday afternoon as of this recording. But as of last night, as many of you may have heard, WWE made a a handful, they would say, but it's a substantial chunk of uh, NXT talent released from their contracts during Friday Night SmackDown, which is uh, very unusual. I think the timing, as you, we would say. Um, I'm just going to list off some of these people. Uh, some of these names you may be uh, not as familiar with, uh, but some of them uh, I think will really shock you. I think the big name that's been released uh, as of last night is Bronson Reed, former NXT North American champion, was working some dark matches prior uh, on SmackDown before. A lot of uh, people predicted he was going to tear it up on the main roster, but as of uh, last night, announced that he was being released. Um, Okay, Bobby Fish has been with NXT since 2017, was into... integral part of the Undisputed Era uh, who recently split up was just last seen wrestling his old friend Roderick Strong on Tuesday, also released Mercedes Martinez, released Tyler Rust, as I mentioned, Roderick Strong who was just uh, repackaged as part of a faction known as Diamond Mine um, Tyler Rust is part, was part of that faction now released and there's a lot of other names here you might as well just uh describe it as the cannibalization of not only NXT but 205 Live uh, Ari Sterling released Asher Hale, Jake Atlas um, okay some of these guys were actually had matches on 205 Live as of last night when the announcement came that they were being released also some other names like uh, Giants and Jeer uh, who was wrestling on the WWE Superstar Spectacle the um, outreach show to India um, if you don't know what this who this man is, uh, imagine great Kali type of a guy, probably way over seven feet tall. I mean, this guy towered over Triple H, for example, made Triple H look like just a midget. You know, this big man has been released. Um, a lot of these other names, uh, they've never wrestled on television. But other than that, just a lot of shocking releases. And I think, once again, the, the wider wrestling community has been left just baffled we're confused some of them obviously angry um, over what's going on because we don't know why this is happening Mike like you want to add like what uh, is happening well yeah because we there's been a lot of releases over the past year like since April of last year there's been over a hundred releases and they're saying you know every single time it happens they give the excuse that it's budget cuts but there's no way that it's budget cuts because every single time they have a earnings call or whatever it is they say that they had the most profitable year they've ever had there's no way that that and budget cuts can correlate together 
no, there's yeah, absolutely it's absolutely no way of that being the case. So this is clearly not budget cuts. Budget cuts is becoming like a dirty word in the world of WWE, in my opinion, because it's just like it's just like one of those words that you toss out that it's immediate bullshit. You like, no, it's not budget cuts. At this mm-hmm. point, it's it's getting less. I mean, when the pandemic first started and they used budget cuts, I think some of us were willing to believe in that line at the time. But now we're deep in the 2021. The world is beginning to reopen. As you said, WWE has been posting record profits even during the pandemic. So for them to say budget cuts makes zero sense whatsoever. And And also, sorry, just to add, all these other companies that are much smaller than WWE, ROH, Impact, MLW, whoever, whoever, they have not fired anybody at all. And they're making less money. So now let, let's uh, backtrack a little bit. I mean, in the future, we have to realize that both WWE and companies like AEW and Impact, they are at the end of the day, a business. And who is to say in the future AEW won't be releasing talent? But I don't think that even if AEW released talent, there was no like um, there was no sense that we didn't know why. I, I take for example uh, in AEW a guy named uh, Jimmy Havoc. Now he was released because of a very controversial issues surrounding the speaking out movement. So there was um, something more than just budget cuts that, that led to the release of that guy. I know, uh, I think Awesome Kong was also released, but I'm, I'm not sure if that was for I, another I'm reason. I'm pretty sure that her contract just expired because uh, they had her for a while and she was working as a trainer. Then she left to film Glow and then that's and then that never happened because the show got canceled. And, oh, okay. then, and then they just never brought so, it back. But, but then again, that goes to my point. But there are like legitimately t- re- legitimate reasons that are being offered as to why those people were released from other wrestling companies. With just it's it's only within WWE's case that these that talent firings have just been randomly happening with no rhyme or reason. And even then, like last night was like even the worst timing. Not only was it during SmackDown. But there were reports that Adam Cole, who has long been rumored that his contract is expiring or is up, his it's only been extended until SummerSlam. Uh, he's rumored to be also leaving. So it's they were saying that Adam Cole was backstage at a meeting with Vince McMahon, almost like a last-ditch effort to like figure out if we can get him to sign another contract. While this is happening, his Basically, one of his best friends is getting fired, along with the guy he just had a match with is getting fired, along with like a whole bunch of his NXT colleagues are getting like let go. So, along with a guy, along with a guy who's in a group with a friend of his. Exactly. So it's like, so like, like it, it's it's mind-boggling to me that like like you mentioned at the top, Bronson Reed gets a North American title uh, run for like probably the shortest one ever. And that immediately is like, everybody is like, okay, so that must mean he's getting called up because he's been working dark matches. He worked an episode of main event and had a match. And so immediately it's like, okay, he lost the title quickly because he's probably going to Raw or SmackDown. 
And then out of nowhere, after he has this great match with Adam Cole on television, he's just gone. It doesn't make any sense. And Tyler Rust, Tyler, they were trying really hard with him and this diamond mine thing had some legs. It was going somewhere. Obviously, it was leading to like a, a Roderick Strong Kushida match, which could still happen. Yeah, but the whole but, point. But the, but the whole be- point of Roderick Strong getting a cruiserweight title match is because he basically came like resurrected himself after the UE's fallout with this new group Diamond Mine backing him up. Now, originally, yeah. I have to admit, when I saw Tyler Rust being part of Diamond Mine, it was not as convincing because I thought Diamond Mine was like supposed to be comprised of a group of like really rugged individuals and like guys that look like they could do mm shoot mma that kind of thing rust didn't really fit that bill but i thought there was like something to be developed like there was growth potential there exactly you know yeah and like also they changed the the direction of that group so many times i mean marina shafir was supposed to be in that group and that would have made so much sense and then she got fired arturo rujas was supposed to be in that group and that also would have made so much sense and he also got fired mercedes martinez i think was discussed to be in that group and she's also gone yeah so it's like they're they're not even trying to save that group if you if you're if you're like signing if you are a wrestler out there and you think are thinking about signing with wwe and you land in nxt or whatever brand i mean i think an expectation for somebody who's going into a a new job right is thinking okay this is what i want to do in three to five years this is the plan and you know and you know at least if they if when you start there at least they present you with okay this is the story we want you to go with right here's the idea this is uh what your character is going to be i think what i'm trying to say is there should be some expectation as a as a performer of where they want you to go to some direction with this it just seems like chaos it's like Oh, you could be here one minute. Next minute, oh, you're gone. So, I mean, now I'll just say this: Leon Ruff. Now, I, I didn't know he had a match last night on two hundred five five. So three people, a, three people, three people that had a match last night. <laughs> I see a graphic. Kushida had a match with I think it was a uh, the guy named Ari Sterling. Now, Ari Sterling also who, fired. Yeah, and then it was Leon Ruff versus um, Asher, Asher Hale. Three of the four of those people are not in the company as of this moment now. <laughs> so it's just like, is your left hand knowing what your right hand is doing? Absolutely not in this case. I mean, it's even more ridiculous when I see like um, Ari Sterling now going back to his old name, Alex Zane again, tweeting out a video of him watching his own match on the screen. Yep. <laughs> as soon as he was announced, he was let go. Mm-hmm. But, but there was like, I'm, I'm looking at some of these other names. So there, there could have been so much uh, better options for this. Like Bobby Fish. Admittedly, I think we should say at, at his age, I think like his in-ring career could be winding down at some point. I think the high point was like his last War Games match at um, last not last November yeah. with UE. I yeah. mean, at the guy at his age with his knowledge should have been at least kept on as a, a, a coach or a trainer even Mm -hmm. a producer because you know at some point some of the existing producers even on nxt or or main roster may may want to go and do something else or want to retire themselves and hey you've got a fresh guy here who's just you know winding his up his own in-ring career then hey he could be the next producer the same thing i would say with mercedes martinez who's a 20-year veteran in wrestling 
And instead, you just say, oh, we don't have anything for you. Budget cuts, bye. So yeah. it's like, you know. And it's just, it's, and, and as far as like, like even like a guy like, um, like Jay Gatlas. Jay Gatlas was also let go in that group. And he was not given the time of day really to do anything. Like every once in a while, he would appear on the show and have good performances and have good matches to the point where they were doing this uh, million dollar man storyline with LA Knight and Cameron Grimes, and he beat both of them. We all, we, I love it. A lot of us forget about that because uh, all our attention between those two have been paying it, we've been paying attention to has been this the vignettes and skits of LA Knight and Cameron Grimes as the butler. But we also yeah. forget that Jake Atlas beat both of those guys and somehow yeah. didn't get a million dollar title shot from no. either of those two. No, he we, was just put on yeah. he was just put to the wayside and I mean and his relegated. Last, the last angle he worked with was teaming with Mercedes to fight uh Tian Shaw. And, yeah. and we saw like, how that went. Yeah. It's unfortunate because Mercedes, her last match ended up with her getting probably Hurt. a legitimate kick in the head. And yeah. We hadn't seen her since uh her, her last match was apparently June 29th, uh, according to Fightful. So, yeah, she's been she's been gone a month, and it's really like I'm just like kind of sad to be hearing this kind of news at all now. Like even I mean even some of these names I don't recognize that say it says that they've, they've never wrestled on television. I mean you're getting let go in the middle of like yeah supposedly supposedly well, like Desmond Troy had some had some moments. I mean there was a long time where he was used as enhancement talent like Leon Ruff was and had great matches and I'm sure that they would have did something with him if they had given him the time of day but it's like you know you you hoard all this talent and for the longest time that's what they were doing they were hoarding talent so they wouldn't go to New Japan and then AEW comes around and now it's like okay well we'll just we don't need these people anymore so we'll just say it's budget cuts. I mean, I think a lot of like really bad business business decisions by WWE are really coming back to bite them in the, in the butt. Now, the stuff that they did before, what, what you mentioned, like courting talent, at a time when they were really the only company around and had billions of dollars in reserve in their in, on their books. They are the only like major worldwide wrestling company in existence. The other ones are, they're there. They 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 they, they have a presence, but they're not going to compete with WWE ever. No. Impact and ROH are never going to be on WWE's level. That's just a fact. But in terms they're, of like booking their talent, they're way better. They're like miles. Of ahead. course, Think of course. Diana Perazzo. Diana Perazzo was cut in a similar fashion because they didn't know what to do with her, even on NXT. She and was Impact, winless in WWE. Winless. Yeah, and then Impact, who draws a like a fraction of viewership, maybe not even, of WWE of the of the a number of viewers uh that WWE has, picks her up and they're running away with her. She's like the knockout champion. I think she will probably crack a one year the one year mark as a as a as a as a knockout champion. And now she's she, already a yeah. two-time champion. She won the homecoming tournament, which yeah, and now hasn't really resulted in whatever that is, but still. I, I don't know, but she, it's just a little... But anyway, but she has gone to a point where she's cleaned up the knockouts roster so much that... She's going to be on Triple Mania. She has to wrestle elsewhere. 
exactly. she's gonna be on she's gonna be on triple mania she's gonna be on empower she's gonna be on all these big shows that are coming up because people know how to use her that aren't yeah. wwe that's one and, yeah that's a specific example like and, and people like gallows and anderson gallows and anderson were lackeys their entire wwe run they got and they got random tag title runs here and there but it didn't matter because vince mcmahon doesn't care about tag teams now they're in the biggest angle in wrestling I mean, they technically are still almost lackeys, but you don't see them. But really they're champions, exactly. But they're, they're champions. They're lackeys, but they they don't come off as being just these like mute muscle men for like AJ Styles. Like they stand beside alongside Kenny Omega, but they get promo time. Like Carl will get to speak. Gallows will get to talk. You know, and like the the, the little funny skits, like Gallows dressing up in in a Ric Flair style robe. I saw on the last Dynamite. I mean, like. At least they have some creative freedom to be themselves. And now, yeah and, yeah. and at least, like, Carl Anderson can have a good singles match on Impact and yeah, and a chance at winning. Yeah, like he had a match with John Moxley for the uh, IWGP US title. Uh, Gallows yeah. and Anderson are going to be on the. And uh, they're New also Japan. working New Japan. They're also working they're New gonna, Japan. And that's the thing. Everybody. And we, we get mad that they're getting, that all these people are losing their jobs. You know, and they've been there for however long they've been there, but it's not like they don't have anywhere to go, and that's the thing. They have plenty. They have places to go, and they will find work. Not everybody's going to go to W. I mean, go to AEW, and they don't have to because yeah. they can go to Impact. They can go to MLW. They can go to ROH. They can go to CMLL if they want. They can go to AAA. They can go to New Japan. They can go to NOAA. There's all these places that you can work that you will get used better because all of those places care about wrestling and care about things making sense. Yeah, I think I saw a tweet from uh, Shug Dunkerton, also otherwise known as yep. uh, Pineapple Pete when he was on AEW, you know, mm -hmm. extor extor extorting the merits of indie wrestling. I think a lot of us who, uh, if, if we were talking about 20 years ago, would think of indie wrestling as sort of like run down and not as high quality. That's actually not the case anymore. I think there are like some companies. I know there's one in my local area. I'm sure, Mike, you know, you have, you know of uh, plenty. plenty in like, New York. I mean, I mean, it's New York, maybe. I'm, it's like all I'm in like the, I'm like in the epicenter of wrestling. Exactly. There's, like, there's, like, there's wrestling everywhere. Yeah. So it's not like just these sort of, sort of like two bit companies i mean they're not as big as wwe but they're like high quality they treat they treat people well and you know you come in you you, you know you you get what you are you know paid for right so it's just yeah. baffling at this and point like, like the perfect and like just to add another example the perfect example of taking advantage of getting released is matt cardona like, look what he's doing right now. Not only is he working in Impact with his girlfriend, who is also working in ROH and NWA, by the way. She, he is playing two different characters. He's he's a heel in GCW, and he's a babyface in Impact, and it works because the people who love GCW hate that he's there because <laughs> he's not a hardcore wrestler. Yeah. He's, he's a WWE guy 
who got let go, he's not like he's basically a homegrown WWE guy because he got his start in the Long Island Indies, but headed to WWE like almost immediately. Yeah, he, he yeah, Matt Cardona is essentially, I mean, GCW fans, like they, they yell Zack Ryder at him. They still see him as yeah. Zack Ryder. They don't but see him that much. He's as doing Cardona. the best character work of his entire career right now because and, of that, because of that. Right. And it's like, why even bother going to WWE? And I think WWE's going to have that problem in a few years. In a few years, it's people like, are not going to even like, want I mean, to I'm go trying, there. I'm trying to remember Cardona's run in WWE. Like when they, when he realized that they weren't really using him uh, that well. I mean, he started that YouTube uh, uh, show, and then that really picked up steam, and then that got him over, and then that finally gave him a U.S. title run. I mean, the high point of this. And then they buried him for it. Yeah, at, I mean, he wins the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania with his dad at ringside, loses it a day later, and then since then was kind of getting buried until he and Myers won the tag titles, which, which I think was the first time for both of them, but the last time they were pretty much in the company because then they got released during the pandemic uh, period. Mm-hmm. And now they're doing way better at Impact and GCW or wherever they are than they, ever, they could ever be in World Wrestling Entertainment. And, so, and it's like, and I've seen this go around, like in 2011, when Zack Ryder was getting himself over and WWE didn't care and CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were the talk of the town. 10 years later, all three of those guys are the main talking points of the world of wrestling right now. All three of them. And it's been a decade. CM Punk is probably coming back. Bryan Danielson is probably going to AEW. And Zack Ryder is is having the best time of Matt Cardona is having the best time of his career right now. And none of this is happening in WWE. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine it? Punk hasn't wrestled to my knowledge since around like 2014. And and, and we're talking about seven years in people still chant CM Punk. People still want to know what he's doing. So, I mean, WWE missed the boat and I just don't want to know like what else? And it and if he shows up in AEW on August twentieth, like everybody expects that he will, it's it's going to it's, change the landscape of wrestling because everybody, Vince McMahon himself, will say like, "Oh, AEW is not competition. They don't beat us. They will with CM Punk." And that, and I don't know what it's going to take for him to realize that, other than. AW beating Raw and SmackDown consistently because they're coming pretty close to Raw now. Yeah. And um, yeah. With all it, these people, with all these people leaving, who are probably better off, especially guys like Bronson Reed. Like Bronson Reed is tailor made for New Japan wrestling. Like New Japan wrestling loves those big guys that come in as heels and take on their their stars like. Like Okada and Naito. And... Well, if you remember the booking uh, uh, before the uh, steel cage match he had with Gargano for the North American title, they literally drew like a, a like a comic book poster of Bronson as like the sort of Godzilla, mm-hmm. standing next to a skyscraper. Like that, 
if you say he's tailor made for New Japan, then yeah, I, I can. I yeah, can uh, and and it's like, and the thing about that is just just to add to that is like it seemed like they were strapping a rocket to him, and to just get rid of him out of nowhere for whatever reason. And again, we don't know a lot the actual reason because budget cuts is not the reason. Somebody like him who got that over in that amount of time doesn't just get fired like that without some kind of legitimate reason from a company yeah. standpoint. So, I mean, I really want to think about this reason because we're both agreeing that it's not budget cuts and it's got to be something no. about NXT in the eyes of Vince McMahon because this everybody is saying this looks like a hit job on NXT because you basically cannibalized its roster. You basically cannibalized the 205 Live roster at this point. Why bother having 205 Live anymore? Um, I'm hearing all this news or, or rumors, as you say, as we yeah. would say, about they're repackaging NXT. It's going to have a new format, new even a new logo. I mean, yeah, I've, I, I've been watching NXT even since like, I don't know, since the, the game, inception. The game show days. The game yeah, show exactly. Days. I'm like, are you changing it back to that? Because nobody wants that. See, I I have a theory. Obviously, it, it, I don't know if it's true or not. But when when NXT was on the same channel, the same day as AEW, and it didn't succeed, Vince McMahon immediately was like, "All right, this is failing, and I don't care about it anymore." So now, he he took all Triple H's power away. Or the majority of Triple H's power away to to have any say over any of these wrestlers, and is just either letting them go or taking them to Raw and SmackDown and ruining them. Because Triple H can't be happy about this. Triple H can't be can't be over the moon about any of this, especially considering what they have done with Bronson Reed. What they have done with Mercedes Martinez, what they have done with Jake Atlas, even to this point, he's still he was over in NXT. He just didn't get the opportunity to do anything of, of real merit. But there was time for him. There was plenty of time for him. And it's like, why why even bother? Like Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels, who love NXT are just getting getting the rug pulled fr- pulled out from under them from Vince McMahon and Nick Khan. And and I think just in, in terms of like, if this is being done as sort of retaliation because, oh, they let AEW beat them in the ratings. Well, even, I mean, AEW is right now is beating, it's probably beating Raw in the ratings. At, it's, getting, it's, it's, it's going to beat Raw in the ratings. It's pretty close, there was yeah. no way they were going to compete with AEW, the new this brand new company on network television, like NXT, with all due respect, right? No. We still still the perception that it is it may be the third brand, as some would say, but it's still a developmental system. That's well and see AEW that's the thing. is a full-fledged wrestling company bearing down um in your face. So I mean you're trying to that's, get your that's developmental the thing, platform. You're, you're to compete. treating you're- you're still treating NXT like developmental and everybody's doing it, Vince McMahon especially. You're still treating NXT like developmental, but it's on national television. Why Why is it on national television if you're not going to try to use it as a third brand? If you're still going to treat it as, as developmental and still use the word call-ups 
because we we all still use that term because we know that's how Vince McMahon sees NXT. But why is it on national television if you're not going to treat it like a third brand? So so this to, is probably an indictment on NXT going to national going on USA Network as a failure because before it was just an online uh, presentation yeah, on the network. it was on the network right yeah I mean I mean I'm thinking back to when uh, I was watching this uh, documentary about the ECW relaunch it was actually uh-huh. Shane McMahon who had the idea to yep. put ECW on as an online presentation because then you'd at least keep the authenticity authenticity of ECW if it's online and then it's not restricted by like censorship or like you know sort of the PG ratings that it would have if you put it on TV now, now I mean NXT originally was just a one hour show pre-tape on the network we can watch it whenever we felt like it and at yep. least at that point people were allowed to do more experimentation because you're not facing a national audience right mm-hmm. but it's just um, I mean I mean I mean maybe I'm just looking at the way the wrestling business from from their perspective a little bit differently if i see it fail in this one area i don't like punish it i let I at least you know i i, I didn't think it was a loss when they moved to tuesday i thought it was a win for everyone because now of course it was now your now your viewers you know the people you're supposed to cater to as as a as a business can watch that and you know 100 percent of your attention attention is on NXT on Tuesday. Well, yeah, and, then, and that's the thing. I mean, like WWE or Vince McMahon to I think more Vince McMahon than Triple H is under the impression that we should want to that we should choose. Then that's why they they wanted this Wednesday night war thing to matter because oh, if we just put AEW out of business, we can buy them and then then we'll have another documentary series. No, just enjoy wrestling. Like, we don't have to choose. I can watch both. And that's what I did every single week when they were both on Wednesdays. I watched AEW Live and I DVR'd NXT. And that's the way it was. And everybody should... And and that's the thing. The thing that they cater to is those people who pick NXT over AEW. And they cater to the fans who have no idea what AEW is and it's it's mind-boggling that they don't just try to put on a good show instead of worrying about the competition i mean i'm i'm looking at the way the main uh raw and smackdown have been booked lately i mean on smackdown i think it's a little better because i think there is nostalgia at this point to see cena john cena and edge because I, I actually still want to see John Cena and Edge at this point. As for Goldberg, um, I, if, if you talk about a 31-year-old Bill Goldberg that could still move properly, yeah, but not somebody who's still, still injured people. Still, <laughs> he's still, still, okay. still injured people. Right. My perception of Goldberg has changed now that I know that it, he basically ended Bret Hart's career. But, um, like, yeah. I think, like... Here's the thing. I think you mentioned that WWE doesn't care about its product because, like, even the WWE fans, they don't care. Or you're not giving them the opportunity to care about the product. No. And at the end end of the day, you know, when when I'm watching Raw and I'm hearing them piping in crowd reaction now, 
I mean, it's like, it, it, I, I hate using this term, but it's almost like watching fake news. Like, what's mm-hmm. real anymore? I mean, we were yeah, supposed to end, they, the Thunderdome era was supposed to have ended now that we can finally they, go back in public again. They did that, it on SmackDown last night. Last night, Sasha Banks was talking and the fans were cheering and they played booze. Yeah, that's not. I, they, I did it, they did it last night. Like, stop telling me who I should boo and who I should cheer. Just put on a good story and 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 stop making losers face losers. Yeah. And stop I mean, telling it, me it, who I should cheer and who I should boo. And it's unfortunate because the fans who actually get the opportunity to go to like SmackDown or Raw Live, they don't know that there's like there's I don't know if they know that sound is being piped in. I don't think so. Because I, I mean know. they know they're cheering for Sasha when she's yeah. cutting her promo. But they they're not watching it on TV like us. We're watching it on uh, on the on live stream. Uh, they 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 don't know that we're actually hearing um, WWE's version of how they want us to react to so and so, rather than how we just want to react themselves. I mean, I look at the way uh, Alistair Black and Cody had that brawl like a week before their match at Homecoming uh, back in Jacksonville. Like they were cheering Alistair. I mean, Cody was getting booed like slightly. He started getting booed. And then Alistair knees him in the face and he got he gets a big pop. Yep. At least I know AEW probably most likely doesn't have the budget at this point to do fake uh, noise reactions. I mean, even if they is... did, even if they did, they're not going to because no. they care they care about what the fans are reacting to. Naturally. No, no. And if anybody and if there was any like any suggestion to do that, I think that person in AEW would be immediately fired by whoever. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, let's uh, let's try to maybe uh, end this episode by kind of unpackaging the overall picture of where WWE is going, because this is just this latest round of firings. It's just putting more fuel to the rumor that Vince McMahon uh, wants to sell. He wants to sell WWE to Disney or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, like, like, like this theory, that this idea that they want to sell WWE is going to become like a a, a Disney or a Marvel Cinematic Universe version and they're going to make movies. Even if you're moving into that area, first of all, you have to come up with a product that people would want to watch. Like, how are you going to make movies if 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 you just keep firing all your actors, basically? And my understanding of Vince McMahon's history as a business person, he was very good at a niche area, which is professional wrestling. The minute mm-hmm. he starts branching out into trying to make money in other ventures, he failed. The World Bodybuilding Federation. I don't know if fans remember that far that far back. The XFL. Yeah. Both pretty much went bankrupt or went out of business. Well, the you second time wasn't the, the second time wasn't his fault. The second okay. time was because of a pandemic. But still. Okay, I meant the first time. I meant the first yeah. XFL back in like two thousand and one. Yeah. One, yeah. But my point is like the minute that man started to veer off from what he historically has been good at, he's been bad at it. So this idea of him trying to sell WWE eventually to turn it into a more of an entertainment company. I'm not sure if people will find it entertaining when you're when all we hear is that you're just firing all your top players, you're firing like your your crop of like talent that you could build on for the future. Yep. I mean, they're they admit it well, themselves, they're not a wrestling company anymore. So well, what are like, they? It's like 
it's like building a sports team, right? You you don't build a sports team by just having superstars. You build a sports team by having some superstars, some utility guys, some reliable guys that you can depend on. And it feels like they're they're skipping layers. Like they're just depending on stars that aren't even part of their team anymore. Like John Cena and like The Rock and like, you know, Goldberg. Goldberg is not a team player. Goldberg is about Goldberg. And fans know that. And sure, he still gets a reaction in the building, but he also gets booed. He literally got booed this week. I don't know if the Goldberg chants were piped in. That's how confusing this is right now. I don't know if that those, those Goldberg chants were real. Yeah, or if they were piped. Exactly. So MVP like, MVP mentioned his name and he got booed. I mean, I actually popped for his son, who was like five years ago. He was just a chubby little kid, and I'm looking Goldberg and MVP. They're interacting with this random fan. I'm like, who the hell mm-hmm. is that? And I look at his face. I'm like, oh shit, that's his yeah. kid. I mean, so, like, what the hell happened to him? They're they're depending I mean, is he on for the PC. That's what I, I was like. <laughs> I was like thinking about that, but but yeah, like Goldberg. Like I am not excited about Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. I'm just not. Nobody is. Nobody is, and that's the problem. They're depending on all these people that can't even get the job done anymore to an extent. I mean, John Cena lesser than Goldberg. John Cena is a big deal because John Cena. It's John Cena, and he hasn't done this over and over and over again, and he's not like taking somebody's opportunity away he's here to help and to make somebody look good Roman Reigns Roman Reigns is going to beat him and we know Roman Reigns is going to beat him that's the reason he's here but when somebody like Goldberg shows up and wins the title and then doesn't wrestle and then disappears for three months and then comes back and then loses the title because he only wrestles well, twice a year. You, you sound like you are assuming that Lashley will drop the... No, no, no. I'm just talking in general because he's done this before. Right. I don't think Lashley's going to beat Goldberg. No, it, at this point, but... it doesn't make sense because I don't see who on the horizon will take it off Goldberg a month later. Because that's the pattern yeah. with Goldberg's recent title runs. He wins the title. First time it was a universal title from Kevin Owens. And then he drops yeah. it to Brock Lesnar like a month later. Second time yeah. he picks it off the fiend, by the way, yeah. for like at, at in freaking Saudi Arabia, drops it to Strowman in the uh, close off PC version of WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh, you know, Goldberg does not have consistent title runs anymore. And but yeah, just going back to my point about yeah. how like comparing this to a sports team, they're not using the utility people, they're not using the reliable people. They're they're focusing on one thing on both shows and ruining everybody else. And that's the problem. Like I tweeted during Raw, they have not given me a reason to care about Alexa Bliss, Eva Marie, or Dewdrop. They haven't given me a reason to care because they're not doing anything of note for me to care. And Somebody had the nerve to tell me that, oh, good, because we don't care if you care. Or, oh, well, nobody cares. I care. Because I care about wrestling. 
I don't want WWE to fail. I want WWE to be as good, if not yeah, just I, as I good saw, as all the I other wrestling. I saw that response to, to you, and I'm thinking, like, I don't know. I guess my 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 view of that is like you know I have to respect other fa- other wrestling fans' opinion. I understand you care. You obviously care about wrestling overall, and that's great. Um, maybe that guy just cares about WWE, and he doesn't care about well, other fans' opinions. There, that's, there lies that's the fine. problem. That's for him to. That's for him there, to there, have that. Opinion. There lies the problem because that's what WWE. That's what WWE grows grows on. They care about the people that only care about WWE. They care about when they can pop a rating because people are only going to show up because John Cena's coming back. That's what they care about. But instead of putting on a consistently good show every week, they spend one show to pop a rating and then put the same exact show on three weeks in a row. And they've literally done that this month. Building to SummerSlam, the second biggest show of the year. Right. You're just putting on the same episode of Raw every single week. I, I think I want to say to the people who who responded to Mike that way, if you are listening, the point is we just want like new stuff. I think is the best way to sum. I think we just want some creativity done. Like you know, put something outside the box. I mean, there's a, there's a point of that when consistency. And familiarity is not working for you anymore. Now Cena is consistent in the portrayal of his character, as he said before. Like you know, who the hell would expect John Cena to come back and just randomly turn heel? That's not what the point is to bring John Cena back. People want to see the John Cena that they're familiar with. Now, do they want to see, for example,、uh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin fight each other for three weeks in a row? No. Because frankly, there was no point in breaking up that tag team. <laughs> so and and you know, it's just these booking decisions that. Do, do I want to us- see? Do I, do I want to see Zelina Vega get a title shot when she's never won a match? Absolutely I, not. I have no problem with Zelina Vega. I was actually, I wish actually she had decided not to resign with WWE. She's fine. With her husband, because I I just think. I, The way they're using her now, as you said, is not—it's not really I, the best work they're putting for her. I don't have a problem with Zelina Vega, the wrestler or the person.、Yeah. She's great. She's very good. She can work and she can talk. She's she's really good. But the way that they are portraying her, coming out every single week saying she deserves a title shot when she lost to Liv Morgan <laughs> and Tony Storm, who are not on the show, but she wants a title shot. That doesn't make sense, and that's what I want. I want things to make sense,、right. and I want things to be creative, creatively stimulating. It's not hard because they've done this before. It's a simple formula, right? Like you,、um, you have one. You know, whoever beats so and so is more likely to beat beat the champion and win the title, possibly. That's why that person gradually becomes a contender. Yeah, you know what we see AEW do these、uh, win loss rankings, but there's a reason for that. There's a, it's a reason because they they're putting out a numerical system for us to see to see who is、uh, who next is the next、line. to glide. And、yeah. based on the numbers now, it's Christian Cage, and they've announced that this past week. 
because and Hangman, that's fine. because there was a stipulation whereby Hangman Page because he lost the match basically gets kicked off the ring case and now has to start over. And that's, and that's fine. Gonna, and and that like, that makes sense, right? Yes. Because we understand what's going on. Yes. So with, but yeah, again, what you say with WWE, they have great talent, but they're using them in a way that really doesn't make sense. And frankly, I know. I think we know for a fact that the if you live fans in the audience are probably watching this and wondering like the way you and I are. Wait, didn't Selena lose to Tony Storm like two weeks ago? Why she hasn't won? She hasn't won a single match since she came back. Yeah, like a fan in the audience would be watching that and be like, but he has no outlet to, unless he's online like us. He has no way to tell anybody at ringside in in the immediate. This doesn't make sense, guys. And even before that. They gave Carmella a title shot after Bailey got hurt. Carmella was on a losing streak. <laughs> but I think at that point she was like the only like woman that was like around that people were I think yeah. this was still before Selena got resigned. But back then, then, so. then she lost the title match clean, uh-huh. got another title got shot. Another title shot and then then like... lost clean again and then asked for another title shot. <laughs> She didn't get it the third time, okay. but then Zelina came out and asked for a title shot, and that made even more sense than that, right? Because Liv Morgan didn't beat both of them, Tony Storm didn't beat Zelina. Oh, and where is Tony Storm in catering? Where is Liv Morgan? She just gave her a big debut. She did great. Uh, I wanted, I uh, I loved Tony's debut, right? Because she debuted this new finisher because mm-hmm. she was only using the Storm Zero, and now. Pat McAfee did a great job on commentary describing Storm One. It's an upgrade. I'm still trying to figure out what Tony did because the the the, um, the sort of physical aerodynamics weren't really making sense. It was like a it was like, it a, was like a back butter, and I was like it was like a back body drop into like I don't care. I just loved it and I was like yeah. okay, that's great. That's something new. I want to. I probably want to see that every week for a bit. I want Tony yeah. to keep winning matches to at least get to the point where she could probably look I mean, more credible than going up to uh, Bianca and saying, I, I deserve a title shot. Exactly. And like, even like, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm harping on like this week's episode of SmackDown just because a lot of stuff happened that is valid to this argument. They had a match between Shinsuke Nakamura and Apollo Crews, the Intercontinental Champion, and said it was a contenders match. And then Apollo lost by DQ in two minutes after a week has gone by where Shinsuke already pinned Apollo. <laughs> Wasn't and, that a tag match? So Yeah, but he still pinned him. He still pinned the champion. Well, the thing is, you said this was a contenders match. So um, Apollo gets disqualified. So technically Shinsuke wins. So that, yeah. that, I mean, that, is that supposed to mean that Shinsuke is in line for a title shot? First of all, that doesn't make your champion look strong. It makes him look... No, and this is things that they do all the time. Sheamus hasn't defended his title once, and he has lost numerous non-title matches. But he never defends the belt. And now he's good. And now I guess he's going to defend the belt against Damian Priest at SummerSlam. Hopefully. And hopefully. And I'm supposed to care about Sheamus being the champion when all he does is lose? I don't care. I mean, it's so hit and miss these days. Like, Raw, almost nothing on Raw I care about in terms of storyline. Like I told you before, offline, that I could just go on the WWE YouTube channel 
and just recap and just watch the raw clips from raw. I don't need to waste three hours of yeah. my life. I don't need to waste three hours of my life every night on Monday watching Raw anymore. Um, on SmackDown, you know, whatever they're still doing with Roman, it's still at least a consistent. There's still a consistency. Um, it might it might be getting a little stale at some point, but it's consistent. And same thing with Edge and Seth Rollins. My God, long term storytelling. Like, thank yeah. you for going back and, to the part where Seth almost killed Edge like seven years ago. And isn't it crazy how you can tell a story without beating each other five times before the before the pay per view match? Like, exactly. They haven't that, had a match yet, and they're and they don't have to. Right. And they and they don't have to because I don't need to see Seth and Edge have three matches before the pay per view and then have a rubber match at the at the pay-per-view. Nobody cares about that because that doesn't matter. I care about their first encounter and their first encounter should be at a pay-per-view and that's fine. I don't want to see them in a tag match. I don't want to see Edge pin whoever Seth's partner is and then Seth run away. I don't want to see the vice versa. I, I don't want to see that. I see that all the time because they do the same thing over and over and over again yeah and it's, it's like it, it i i should not they haven't given me a reason to care about apollo cruz they haven't given me a reason to care about sheamus they haven't given me a reason to care about whoever the tag champions are and uh just to wrap it up this goes back to the way i think even even whatever is recently happening with NXT, the booking is still consistently strong. Like you mentioned, like you don't need to see Steph and Edge face each other three times before the main pay-per-view. But we've seen Cole and O'Reilly booked consistently. They haven't wrestled each other constantly. There's only been two matches between them. It's it's now one to one. They're both tied. There's going to be a third match. I mean, we, I mean, it's yeah. clear. We're just not it's sure if this is like Cole's last match at this point. Yeah. In yeah. in the company at all, or but if they're actually telling a story. Tell a story that makes me told. that makes me care yeah. about how many times they face even each the, other. Even the stupid LA Knight and Cameron Grimes. Like, there's still I actually care about that story because yeah. it's like Cameron is locked in this, you know, an inescapable situation where he's a fucking butler, and now you get the old. You get the old wise man, Ted DiBiase, coming out and just telling him, you got to get out of this, kid. You got to find some way out of this. And I actually, it makes me care about that shit. Like, I care about Dakota and what, what happens with her and Raquel. And, you know, yeah. even, even the stupid even the stupid stuff between Io and Zoe, which Zoe Stark, the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, I mean... Yeah. I mean, it's silly with the sushi restaurant and the and the yeah, that, that was stuff. not needed. But 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 it's at some point these two are gonna either split up or they're gonna lose the belts to uh, whoever, and something's gonna happen. Yeah. I'm still interested to a degree, and yeah. I don't know why with NXT being the two hours, SmackDown always be with the same two hours. Raw has even more time, which theoretically speaking, you should think that would give them more time to find better things to do with all the people on. In, in the in the in the locker room. Raw has th- Raw has three hours every single week, and ninety five percent of their show is pointless. It's like exhausting to watch. Like and, I try to watch a three hour Raw, and now. I always watch I always watch the Fightful post shows because that's they're they're the best. Fightful is the best. I will put them over no matter what. 
and every single week, this week especially, they were like, there's really nothing to talk about on this show at all. And the majority of the people that were chiming in were like, this is not a good show. I don't care about anything that happened. And that's not good. Yeah. They should not be okay with that. I mean, I just feel like it's almost like mentally exhausting when I'm watching Monday night. With shows like NXT, Impact, and AEW, it's like it flies by. I think AEW flies by the fastest. But at oh, least there's like, yeah. But at least like I'm into it. Like I'm, st- I'm I, like I can't. My eyes don't leave the screen. I'm on I mean, the edge of my seat every single exactly. week in AEW. I, 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 but I don't know. I mean, this is just. I mean, these firings. I think it's just a result of them just not knowing what the fuck to do, and they're just frustrated and they're thinking the bottom line. And you know Vince McMahon at 76 He's got Nick Khan whispering in his ear Telling him you Okay Like I understand Nick Khan's a money guy He's not He's a money he's guy a, He's not the wrestling guy So he's got to find Some way to get the Get the revenue up And at this point Like You know It's just frustrating I don't know what's going on And um, But we'll try to keep you uh, Everyone here Posted as to what uh, The latest happenings are In uh, The world of wrestling Um Okay, we're gonna probably bring this to a close. So, uh, Mike, uh, you wanna just plug your uh, socials and uh, anything else you're working on? Sure, you can uh, follow me at MikeJC81. I talk about all things wrestling on Twitter usually. And uh, go to sltwrestling.com every Wednesday night into Thursday. I post, I write the uh, AEW Dynamite review article. And uh, I also have my own website, MikeJCOnWrestling.com, where I recently did an article talking about the importance of Daniel Bryan and CM Punk coming to AEW. And uh, I hope to do more more things on there independently once I have time to do those things. And I am Alan uh, on SLTD Wrestling. You can find me at the Cantastic on Instagram and Twitter. I'm currently working on the latest, uh, my latest review of Impact Wrestling from this past week on August 5th. Um, a lot of surprise uh, um, new people showing up on Impact. And, uh, and yes, more to for- come, I'm sure. Yeah, the Forbidden Door is definitely wide open. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, Impact. I've, I think it's great. That's why I love doing reviews on that. And uh, as for wrestling, uh, this coming week, everybody pay attention to AEW, the, the new rampage show will be debuting on the on friday at 10 and then on august 14th will be new japan's uh resurgence pay-per-view in los angeles as well as well as triple a's triple mania oh yeah is that happening at the same time the the same day i know that day i know same day okay we'll have to figure out uh because i know in mexico and japan uh, no not japan los angeles it's still relatively within the same time zone but yeah, there's a lot of interesting matches happening there. Uh, Lance Archer defending the IWGP US title against Tanahashi. Um, the Good Brothers will be facing John Moxley and a mystery opponent. Ooh, who's that gonna be? Sammy uh, Callahan. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Uh, what else is it? Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Moose on uh, New Japan. I don't think I've ever seen a uh, Moose. Yeah, he's facing he's facing Tomohiro Ishii. That's going to be really good. Yeah, as I understand it, a former never open weight champion. And speaking of that title, Jay White, the title holder, will be defending against David Finley. 
I'm surmising that a recently uh, a new member of Bullet Club, Mr. Chris Bay, might uh, pop in to do a little assist. Yep. And, yeah. and as far and as far as that uh, triple mania show goes, we got Kenny versus Andrade. Do you think, do you think Kenny will retain? At this um, point? I yeah, I think he will because I don't think he's going to lose any of those titles until he loses the AEW title. Oh really? I thought the AEW yes. title would be the last one he loses. No, I think it's going to be the first one because I think it's going to be the beginning of the downward spiral. Wow. Really, but um, I mean, my I my 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 prediction was that he would actually lose the Triple A Mega Championship first. Yeah, I don't know if it was going to be with Andrade, but it's he's definitely qualified to take the title from him, and then he will lose the Impact title, and then finally he's got the AEW title left, and that's when they build back the Hangman Page to be the to be the contender, but. That's a different. Okay, we've got different ideas. On yeah, that. that's, that's fine. You know, that's going to be a very good match as well as uh, Diana Perazzo having her title for title match. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. There's a lot of good wrestling, and uh, I guess I can plug this for the website. SLT Wrestling uh, put up a calendar of all the upcoming events, which you can sync to your phone if you would like, which I did to remind oh. me of, oh. <laughs> of all these shows all right so, so we would, you you would not be missing any show and i encourage everyone to go to sltdwrestling.com to check out that calendar uh, a lot of good wrestling shows coming up so if you are interested in syncing your calendar to um keep updated and to remind yourself go right ahead and do so so that's it for now from us uh from sltd wrestling again i'm alan the fantastic thank you for listening have a good day everyone